0: aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford, Jr. Here now are Michael and Don.
1: This is the premier estate planning essentials radio and podcast program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this program, honestly seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with my co-host, who should be your attorney, my attorney, our Dallas estate planning expert, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. I'm cold. It's November. It's post-Veterans' Day. It's post-Alzheimer's Walk Day. It's post-elections. And it was like 30 degrees this morning. What's going on here? Yeah,
2: it's that time
1: of year. It's that time of year. It's cold. Uh, Football season's slowly coming to an end. It's been a good year for UT. I know you went to UT and SMU, which is amazing. Uh, How are your teams faring this year?
2: Well... Everybody can always do better. everybody
1: could always do better unless you're Georgia. And we don't want to talk about elections or the football team or anything. We want to talk about estate planning today. And that's the key for this program and why we're here today like we are every day. So we want to address today exactly what you're entitled to give uh, while you're alive and upon your death to try to avoid estate taxes and other issues. Michael, let's address that today.
2: Okay. Well, you know, since it's the end of the year, they have new numbers based on the cost of living. And of course, the cost of living increased quite a bit, uh, as most of y'all know, that Social Security is going to go up 8.7%, and so a lot of everything, many things are going to go up, and one of those things is the estate tax limit. Now, most people will not be affected, at least in Texas, by the estate tax limit uh, because it's so high. Now there are state to state taxes in other states, but in, not in Texas. And there's sometimes inheritance taxes or or uh, other types of taxes when people die in other states. But in Texas, we follow the feds. Now the number that you could in 2022, the amount that you could give. Uh, Upon your death is 12,060,000. So most people don't have that large of an estate, and that number is going to go up to 12,920,000 on January 1st. So again, most people are not affected. That's because that cost of living increase uh, it is scheduled to go down to one half of whatever it is in the end of 2025. Uh, for uh, So let's say it was 15 million at the end of 2025, then the limit's gonna go down as a, as a result of what's called a sunset provision uh, as of January 1st, 2026. Then at, at that point, a lot more people would be affected because it's when they look at your estate, even if it's not something that goes by your will, Uh, in other words, let's say you had a life insurance policy, possibly, uh, that was a large amount, let's say it was a million dollars, or let's say you had an IRA or 401k that may not pass by a will, they look at the total estate, and they look and see if there's an estate tax. Now, it's important to note that a lot of people say, well, gee, I don't have a large estate, and so most people won't be affected. And then you might even say, well, gee, why is there an estate tax to begin with, and why is it only the wealthy have to pay it? Uh, you know, originally, about 20-some-odd years ago, the estate tax limit was $600,000. And then uh, President Bush, part of his election uh, campaign, was to say, I don't think there should be a death tax. I don't think you should be taxed for dying. And so the estate tax went, limit went up and up uh, till uh, year 2000, I think it was either 2010 or 11, there was no estate tax at all. But then they passed another law that had it gradually increased to $5 million. And then in 2016, they basically Double the exemption plus the cost of living increases to where where you are today, and then it's supposed to go down to one half in 2026, mm-hmm. and that's why there probably hadn't been anything because uh, they know that it's going to be reduced anyway. Although last year there had been talk about reducing the limit to three or three and a half million, which didn't happen. Uh, now let's say you had somebody had a state a husband and wife that had oh. They were, let's say they were in Texas, and right now the exemption is uh, like I said, twelve million sixty and it's gonna go up to twelve million nine twenty. What about somebody who has a larger estate, but it may be um, that they don't um, file and need to even file an estate tax return because their estates, let's say right now they had a twelve million dollar estate, which I realize most people don't have. Well, um, should that person file an estate tax return? They don't have a taxable estate. Well, if they're married, the answer is probably yes. Why? Because the uh, spouse, the surviving spouse, could take advantage of the unused exemption, the unused exemption. In other words, um, in this case, the full Texas Community Property State, the full amount. Um, if, the, if they had not... Uh, use the unex- so now when the surviving spouse dies, if it was still twelve million, or even if it increased more, then they would tack on that twelve million to whatever her size the estate had grown to, hmm. and there would not be any estate tax. Hmm. You have to file the estate tax return within nine months unless you get an extension. Hmm. So even people who do not. Um, uh, have an estate tax if they're married in their, their larger state. Now remember if the estate tax goes down to seven million that'd be really important you see so to, to tack on that unused exemption because it's lower. Uh, so anybody who probably uh, nowadays I imagine if you had especially I guess it depends on how old they are but because there might be growth if you probably had five or six million dollars Uh, and you're married, uh, the surviving spouse probably should file an estate tax return within nine months. This is called portability to use the unused exemption uh, so that there be no estate taxes uh, when the second spouse dies. Okay. Now, there's also um, uh, a gift tax and also a generation-skipping transfer tax. I guess there's a lot of tax issues. I don't want to get too, too complicated. But the gift tax uh, uh, limit has also uh, increased or is going to increase. Many people still remember when you could give away $10,000 a year per person without reporting to the IRS. That amount, they look at, again, the cost of living, and it can increase over time. And right now, uh, first of all, in twenty. Twenty one, it was fifteen thousand. It went up to sixteen thousand uh, because the cost of living had increased. For years, it stayed at fifteen thousand, I might add, because things didn't go up. Uh, and next year, it's going to be seventeen thousand. Now, it's seventeen thousand dollars per year per person. So, let's say you're married and you had one child give 34000 to that child without there being any reporting to the IRS. That gift would not be considered as income to the child. It's subject to a gift tax if the amount was greater than the allotted amount. In other words, the 16000 in 2022 and 17000 in 2023. However, there really wouldn't be a tax due. You just have a duty to report normally uh, because you could take off from the amount that you could give at death, basically during life. So if I gave away $117,000 to an individual in 2023, I might have $100,000 less that I could give at death. But you have a duty to file the tax return. Now, the one who has to file the tax return is the one who makes the gift, not the one who receives the gift, and everybody seems to get confused by that. They always think, I'm the one who got it, I'm going to have to pay the tax, but that's not the way it is. Now the reason for that um, is that people were, why is there a gift tax? It goes back to way back, I'm, I always make reference to the Rockefellers, and probably I uh, don't mean to disparage the Rockefellers, because they may not have been the ones that took advantage of this, but a lot of well-to-do people way back when would give to different generations mm-hmm. so they would have a lower estate tax. And so then when the when Congress saw that people, were the wealthy, were giving away money so they wouldn't have to pay an estate tax, they made a gift tax. Okay. So that's the rationale. Uh, So now you have to, they file a gift tax return. Uh, Now there are certain things that are not subject to gift tax. So for example, if you pay somebody else's medical expenses or educational expenses, uh, that may not be considered uh, subject to gift tax. And of course, you could give to charities, but there are limits. Uh, based on adjusted gross income, by the way, if some people who have really large estates, if they have a taxable estate, a lot of times people use charitable types of annuities uh, or trust to try to reduce the size of the uh, estate because the government encourages gifts to charities. So uh, so there's lots of different types of planning that people do, or if on the case of life insurance that we mentioned a few minutes ago, a lot of times people, if they have a really large estate and they have life insurance, uh, a lot of times if there's a married couple, they'll have a uh, basically uh, an insurance policy on both the husband and wife, uh, because it's cheaper when it's on a joint life and they put it into an irrevocable life insurance trust. So it's par- not part of the estate if they, if they live for more than three years. So th- so a lot there's all sorts of different types of planning. If somebody does have a large estate, now most people don't have that large of an estate, right. uh, but people do make gifts. Now there are a few different issues on gifting too uh, because uh, be careful, uh, if you're making a gift of, um, let's say, something uh, appreciated stock, that may be a good idea as we come to the end of the year, if you're making a gift to a charity. So that if you were going to have a capital gains tax, if you sold the stock uh, and you had planned on selling the stock, uh, instead of being uh, having that capital gains tax on the sale, if you give it directly to the charity, then you'll, um, you won't, it's just a gift, it's just a charitable gift, and you didn't have to pay the capital gains tax. Similarly, uh, since I'm talking about the end of the year, a lot of times people want to uh, tithe uh, or make gifts, uh, and they're, if they're older and they have an IRA, uh, if you were born or if you turned 70 and a half prior to January 1st, 2020, then um, you, Uh, have to take required minimum distributions out of your retirement account. Uh, If you were born, or if you died, uh, excuse me, if you were uh, not 70 and a half before uh, January first, 2020, then you don't have to take required minimum distributions to your 72. We think that law is going to change, by the way, to 73, and if you're younger, even 74 or 75 in the future. But anyway, if you take out of your IRA, if you're required to make minimum distributions, you, uh, and you want to give to a charity, to the extent that you give to the charity, you could give what's called a qualified charitable distribution, and you will not be income taxed when you take out that IRA if it goes directly to the charity. So for those people who are uh, charitably inclined and want to give something at the end of the year, uh, then think about that as well. So if either uh, either this highly appreciated of the appreciated stock that you didn't want to pay capital gains tax or if you make the QCD uh, the limit for that by the way is hundred thousand dollars They're not that most people want to give hundred thousand dollars they don't have $100,000 to give out of an IRA, but that's the limit at this time. Uh, so now remember too though if you had given an appreciated asset to a child, then the child would take your the what's called the donors basis. What that means is if I bought Google stock for a hundred dollars and I gave it and now it's worth five hundred dollars, if I gave it to my child, it may not be subject to gift tax if it was less than the sixteen or seventeen thousand dollars if it's twenty two twenty-two or twenty twenty-three, depending on the year. But if it had gone up and the child sold it, then they would have to pay capital gains tax on the appreciation because the donor, the one who receives the gift, takes the basis of the donor, the one who makes the gift. Mm-hmm. So be careful, as whereas we if that person had held it until they died, then there would be a step-up in basis. In other words, you get the value as the date of death. So uh, so you have to think of what's important. And On the other hand, so some people might say, well, I'm not going to have this stock, and I'm going to give it to charity, so I don't have to pay the capital gains tax. Uh, others, uh, uh, you know, may want to give something to child that's not a appreciated asset. But on the other hand, you also have, for people who have less means, who maybe uh, don't have long-term care insurance, they have to be careful about making any gifts at all. Because if you make a gift within a five-year look-back period, uh, for most of them long-term care Medicaid programs, then that could be a disqualifying event. Say, oh my goodness, this is getting, my head starting to hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too much information. Never. Yeah.
1: This stuff is too complicated in many ways, and thank God for you and your expertise and commitment to all of this. Again, I probably say it every show now, but I need to. And Michael and I sit here in the studio at A M and he reads nothing. He just talks because he knows what he's talking about. This is his intelligence. This is his insight. And this is what he's here to do every week to share with you what he knows about government assistance and estate planning. And this program is no exception. And sometimes, as he tried to say 10 minutes ago, he doesn't want to get too complicated or go too deep. Well, and that's smart. Uh, But if you need him to go deep, that is another reason why you need to attend his next workshop, which is Saturday, November the 19th. At 10 o'clock. And, Michael, tell everybody about what goes on at your workshops.
2: Well, we ask people what they want to know. And, by the way, most of the time they don't ask about the estate tax because most people aren't affected by it. But I just thought since the numbers were changing, we Mm -hmm. ought to kind of go over it. Mm -hmm. Um, We ask people what they want to know about estate planning or Medicaid, and usually pe- you never know what questions that people ask. They could be asking about wills or trust or powers of attorney, something simple like that, or they could be asking how to protect their loved ones from remarriage or from uh, the no-good son-in-law or daughter-in-law or credit protection, or they could be asking about Medicaid and how to get eligibility for the government to pay for care at either at home and or in our nursing home we never know what questions people might ask and so we ask people what do you want to know and for two hours we answer not only the questions although there will be a presentation too it's free no obligation uh, there'll be something a little bit to eat and of course uh, as of course. thanksgiving and christmas coming i know it, as soon as he says the word of, of course there's the real reason it's not the free education by the way, not only do you get the two hours free of legal education at the workshop without obligation, but we also give a free one hour vision it means that's three free hours of legal education without but, obligation. However, however, there, I think that the real reason— Now he's not telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> he knows me too well, I'm afraid. Uh, the real reason why some people come, I think maybe most, if I'm not positive, but not positive, is that free K-A-A-M coffee mug that you, you get. Oh, my goodness. Christmas around the corner. Stocking stuffer. KAAM coffee mug. I know people are clamoring for it. Clamoring?
1: (laughs) Clamoring. Um, But they're clamoring for free information, no doubt about that. They're clamoring for ideas. And even Michael said a few minutes ago also, end of the year charitable giving. That's another reason why you might want to attend the workshop to find out more about that, because that, too, is a great solution for people. Um, But Michael is sparking many thoughts and ideas that may come to mind as you listen to him, and we want you to attend that. Again, that free State Planning Essentials Workshop, which is located where again, Michael?
2: uh, We have a conference center in our office building, which is by Medical City Hospital, uh, which is near Forest and Central Expressway, uh, which is just south of LBJ.
1: Great. And that free workshop is Saturday, November the 19th at 10 o'clock, and it's free and it's easy to get to you'll be able to avoid traffic so michael's very sensitive to that and you won't regret attending uh, you'll learn a lot. You'll be able to internalize what others are going through. And maybe perhaps also ask yourself, are you experiencing the same thing?
2: Yeah. So it could have been that, for example, that we were just talking about, it could have been that you might not have the estate tax issue because most people don't. Right. However, when you say, well, oh, I made this gift. I always make a gift. Is that going to be a problem for Medicaid? Uh, is that the fact that I always give a birthday gift for a Christmas gift? Is that going to affect my eligibility if I'm older for long-term care Medicaid, particularly if I have some dementia.
1: And those are very good questions, and that's why you should attend. And the way to sign up for Michael's next workshop is to dial 214 Again, call his office at 214 You have that option, or you can just go online. DallasElderLawyer.com. dot Dallas com, Aren't your podcasts on there? Your newsletters yeah. are on there. Yeah,
2: and we, you know, every type of topic about estate planning. I think we've been doing this workshop. Well, excuse me, not only the workshop, but also this radio show for almost ten years right. now. And so, can you imagine? Every different one of these types of shows, we talk about something different. Uh, who knows? We come up with different things every time. Mm-hmm. So generally, um, you're going to learn something. If you, even if you. Wanna to listen to this podcast again or if you wanted to listen to something completely different regarding estate planning or Medicaid planning or veterans benefits planning. We just had Veterans Day, thank you for our service to our veterans. Thank you. Uh, the the you know, it's whatever one people want to know. And so we just ask them what they want to know. It's free, it's educational, and I think you're going to have a lot of fun along the way as well.
1: Very good. Sign up for those workshops that are coming up. There's two uh, at the end of the year, one in November, one in December. Just dial 214 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael, about five minutes left in the program. I wanted to ask you, we talk about estate planning, we talk about giving charity. Can someone give away their
2: frequent flyer miles when they pass away? You know, it depends on the airline.
1: The airline, wow, okay. Yeah. I that yeah,
2: so there are some airlines that are better than others. The
1: big four, the two of which are in here in Dallas Southwest and American Airlines, Dallas so, in Atlanta, and United in Denver, Chicago. Yeah, okay. so
2: um, the answer is I'll go for each one of those. Uh, Southwest, absolutely not. You cannot do it. Yeah. They say it's not not your property, and it's not transferable. Okay. All right. American is a little bit in between. Um, you you should put it in your will. Uh, they say it's their property. However, they give the discretion. Uh, it'll be able to make a determination at their sole discretion. So, if you have it in a will and you have a court order, then you might be able to. They may, you may be able to pass on that mileage. Now, that will be fees, of course, for transfer, just like on anything when you do mileage and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there will be fees. Um, it's similar. Uh, for United, to similar to somewhat similar to American, mm-hmm. uh, Delta is more like uh, Southwest. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Actually, the two better ones are things like Frontier and JetBlue. Mm-hmm. So they have um, they have like this uh, thing where you could have all different members of the family could kind of pool. If they're all Frontier members or JetBlue members, so they can have, I think, up to like seven people or something. So it didn't even have to be a relative. And so it could be passed if you're on those airlines. Uh, So... Uh, so, those are the two better ones, mm-hmm. uh I guess American and United are in between because mm-hmm. they set their discretion, and then you have to pay fees mm-hmm. uh and then the worst quite frankly uh, are southwest uh and delta okay. so unfortunately so on if if we had um somebody who had a lot of mileage with uh, American or United, mm-hmm. uh, we might want to put something in the will that says, "Are oh, my my frequent fire miles go to um, Don Crawford Jr.?" You know, something like that. And so you should, you should, you could mention it. Uh, specifically sometimes people specifically mention that
1: like you've taught us over the years rules change though policies of companies change and maybe that would change so I guess your implication is that they should still put it in their state plan no matter what
2: well you could and Mm -hmm. also you should look at the rules of the or the policy of the company Mm -hmm. whichever airline uh, because their rules may change as well
1: right (laughs) makes perfect sense Well, that's basically it when it comes to estate planning for today's program. There's so much involved with this, whether it be charitable giving, new laws, new rules, new policies going into effect in 2023, frequent flyer miles. And that's just a tip of the iceberg. There's so much more government assistance, Medicaid, Medicare, and we will address Medicaid, Medicare as usual in the future. Uh, But attend Michael's next workshop to ask individual questions. You get to ask a question about your own circumstances. Then you get a free vision meeting on top of that. Three free hours. Uh, with michael cohen either alone or with a group you won't regret it I, I basically guarantee it no one's ever complained in 10 years to me and i don't think it's going to start anytime soon to sign up for michael's next free state planning essentials workshop dial 214-720-0102 214-720-0102 or go to dallas com. dallas elder Lawyer.com. Our Dallas elder lawyer, Michael Cohen, I very much thank you, sir. Thank you. The record shows I took the blows and did
0: it my way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102.